Good morning, good afternoon, whatever time of day it is, Year 7s. I'm Mr. Morris. Let's go again this week with another podcast. This week we are looking at blood alcohol concentration, which is abbreviated to BAC. So by the end of today's session, you'll be able to know what that is. Uh, the idea of what harm minimization is and learn about some of those strategies. Now before we get started, you need to make sure you've got your worksheet in front of you so we can go through the questions at the same time. So I'm going to play some music, you can press pause during the music and when you're ready to go, you've got that sheet in front of you, you can press play again. Awesome, Year 7. So now you should have that worksheet in front of you, which will help you to answer those these next questions. So we're going to look at question 1 here. So in order for us to understand what blood alcohol concentration actually is, or BAC is, we need to understand how alcohol is actually digested. When we eat food, it goes in your mouth, you chew it, ends up in your stomach, and it gets broken down. And it passes through your intestines and then out the other end. But... It's a slow process. It can take a lot of time to break down food. But with alcohol, it doesn't need to be broken down. It passes straight through the walls of your stomach and into your bloodstream where it then flows to the rest of your body. So this is saying that when you drink it, it ends up in your stomach, and instead of being um, broken down like food would and passing through your intestines, it doesn't get to that stage. It gets uh, absorbed into your stomach lining uh, which therefore is connected to your bloodstream and then the alcohol gets um, diverted or directed all around your body. So when your stomach is empty, alcohol can pass easily through the walls of your stomach and you can feel the effects of alcohol quickly. So people who drink on an empty stomach get drunk quicker. If there is food in your stomach though, this can slow it down as the alcohol can get uh, mixed up with your food. So this slows down the process of alcohol absorption. Um, so therefore, someone that's eaten dinner is probably, it, it, well, someone that's eaten dinner will absorb the alcohol a lot slower than someone who skipped dinner. So the alcohol still ends up in your bloodstream, but it happens a lot slower. So with blood alcohol concentration, we can determine how much someone's affected by alcohol by measuring the amount of alcohol in someone's bloodstream. So this is referred to as BAC, blood alcohol concentration. So blood alcohol concentration is measured from your breath and it's better explained by these guys. Has already started. Have you had any alcohol at all? I have. How long ago? Uh, probably I've had six glasses of wine tonight. Six glasses of wine. With a whopping six glasses of wine under his belt, this man's chances of blowing under are close to zero. When was your last one? Um, half an hour ago, 45 minutes. No worries, mate. Give me a slow, consistent breath into this approved device until I tell you to stop, okay? Absolutely. Okay, cool. right. Keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. Stop, that's fine, mate. Six glasses of wine is close to a standard bottle. For most people, that would be enough to call it a night. So six uh, glasses of wine for this guy, not making the wisest of decisions to keep driving. Um, it's probably lucky to be able to see the road. Um, what I'd like you guys to do on teams, 
open up our uh, our class group and take a guess as to what you reckon this guy's uh, blood alcohol concentration actually was. Um, there might be a prize for whoever gets it right. Okay, so now you should be able to answer question one. I'm going to play some music and uh, press pause through the music and press play when you're ready to go again. Awesome. So let's start moving towards question two. So we, we know, obviously, the driving limit in Australia is 0 0.05. So you need to be less than that when you breathe into one of those breathalyzers to be able to keep driving. So 0 0.05 is actually not good, but 0 0.049, I guess, is is just okay. But for, uh, obviously, P-platers and learner drivers, um, which is what P players till the age of what 21, 22 these days, um, you're actually meant to be at 0, 0.0. So you can't even have a tiny drop of alcohol if you plan on driving home. Um, why this is the case is as we have learned in the last couple of weeks of how alcohol affects people and their ability to uh, see things and re react to things. If you're driving a car and you're completely intoxicated, um, your ability to see straight is hindered. Your ability to, you know, hit the brakes when you hit, see a red light is hindered. Um, your ability to judge where the white lines are on the road. Um, driving, you know, you hear stories about people driving into parked cars and things like that. Um, so these are obviously clear reasons why. And obviously, the in any sort of uh, motor accident, there is the potential of death. So that is one reason why um, I guess the authorities do crack down hard on drink driving. Um, in different parts of the world, the, the blood alcohol limit is a bit different. I think in California, it's 0 0.08. Um, that's because of celebrities like to drink, maybe. I don't know. Um, but, in, yeah, some of the countries, it's a little bit higher. Some, it's a little bit lower. There's been debates over the years about lowering it to, in Australia to 0 0.03 and things like that, but I don't think it's going to happen. It's too built into our culture, I guess. The challenges with... Um, blood alcohol concentration is that because no one actually owns an actual device to breathe into and the ones that you get at the bottle loads or the novelty shops um, are just that novelty items. They don't actually work 100%. So it's very hard unless you've got the actual piece of equipment the police use to actually record your own uh, blood alcohol concentration. If you've got two different people who drink the same amount of alcohol, they could easily register different blood alcohol limits because every person is affected differently. So this could be that one person had more food at dinner or uh, drank water throughout the night as well, or it could be um, one person weighs more than other the other person or is taller than the other person. These are some of the answers for question two, guys. So things that will, that will affect um, your blood alcohol concentration are your body sizes and your body weight. So a smaller person or a lighter person will have will get drunk quicker. Will have a higher concentration of alcohol in their blood. We've already touched on the empty stomach. So someone that's eaten dinner will um, will take longer for the alcohol to absorb into the stomach. We can even look at gender. So females are generally uh, smaller body mass than males, so they've got less uh, blood volume to dilute the alcohol. In the, into the bloodstream. So they've got a lesser ability to break it down. 
So females, um, if you've got a male and a female drinking the same amount, um, who's going to be affected more? It's going to be the female. There are obviously factors that other factors that come into this. And then also the type of drink. So if you're drinking alcohol with a fizzy drink, this gets, gets absorbed more quickly. So anything mixed with a soft drink, um, vodkas, um, you know, cruises, UDLs, those sort of things, they're going to get uh, absorbed a lot more quicker than a wine or a, a, a beer or anything like that. So this will help your question too. I'll give you a couple of moments to answer that question. I'm going to play some music. Press play when you're ready to go. Sweet. So let's move on to question three here, which asks you to put a definition of what harm minimization is. So harm minimization, so we've realized there's a risk. How can we minimize the uh, outcomes, I guess, or the consequences? So harm minimization is an approach to risk-taking behavior that involves a range of policies, strategies, and actions designed to limit the harms that can result from high-risk activities. You can pretty much repeat that for your definition. So you need to include there, you know, limiting the harm from high-risk activities. I'm going to press pause. No, I'm not. I'm going to play the music. You're going to press pause and then press play when you're ready to go. Awesome, you sevens. So I'm going to set you up for question four and let you finish that at, at the end of this podcast. What you need to do for question four, there's a series of uh, scenarios. And for the person or people that you think is more risky, you need to highlight their names in pink and the ones you believe are less risky in blue. Okay, so more risky in pink, less risky in blue. So scenario one, before we get onto the scenarios, we're looking at Tom, Tina, Sophie, and Simon. So these guys have all turned 18 recently, maybe yesterday, maybe last week. They're really good friends, and they're attending a party on a Friday night. So we're going to work out who's at more risk than the other, basically. So scenario one. When they arrive at the party, Tom and Tina choose to drink a heavy beer, full-strength beer, but Sophie and Simon both drink a low-strength beer. Who do you think in that scenario is more risky and highlight their names in pink and the other ones in blue? So the more risk, pink, less risk, blue. Scenario two, three, and four, I'll read through, and it's the same sort of uh Thing that you need to do in terms of highlighting those names. So scenario two, Sophie and Simon pour their own drinks, whereas Tom and Tina let a friend pour theirs for them. Who's engaged in more risky behavior? Who's engaged in less risky behavior? Scenario three, Tom and Tina are thirsty and drink their first two drinks quickly, while Sophie and Simon sip slowly with a relaxed approach and make each, each drink last at least an hour. Who's at more risk? Who's at less risk? Scenario four. Simon and Sophie both had big meals with their families before the party, but Tom and Tina haven't eaten since lunchtime. Who's at greater risk there and who's at less risk there? Scenario five. 
Sorry, I only thought that was four. I didn't read these other ones. Scenario five, Sophie and Simon start drinking beer but move on to spirits mixed with soft drink later in the night. Tom and Tina decide to stick to beer and have a few glasses of water in between drinks. Who's at more risk? Who's at less risk? And the sixth scenario, Sophie and Simon have both arranged a lift home with their parents, but Tom and Tina are just hoping they'll be able to find a lift with someone else. Who's at greater risk? Who's at less risk? Uh, some of what we learned like today and also in the last couple of weeks will help you with those questions. And lastly, before I let you guys go, uh, question 4B, which couple is likely to have a better outcome at the party? So look at your answers above. 4C, identify four things that this couple did to have a more positive outcome and explain how this is helpful. So that refers to the couple that you picked for 4B. And 4D, identify three negative outcomes that might occur for the other couple. Um, you know, if you're relying on a lift from someone else that you haven't actually arranged beforehand, that could leave you stranded. Uh, that's not fun. So year sevens, that is all we're going to go through for today's podcast. So you can finish off those questions in your own time and upload those to the learning task. It's great to see you guys engaged with this class. I don't have to follow up on too many students, which is great. Uh, makes it a lot easier for me as a teacher. I like to get some feedback on these podcasts. I was sort of a little bit uh, bored of setting PowerPoints uh, for you guys because I'm sure you've got a million PowerPoints for every other subject as well. So I wanted to mix it up for you guys. So if you can jump onto Teams and look at our group chat or class group thing, whatever you call it, and leave some feedback, that'd be great. I know it's not a professional quality podcast. Okay? We're not going to win any podcast awards if there is any such a thing. Um, but, you know, I'm just trying to mix it up for you guys. Good work. Good work. Good luck. I just try to combine both those two phrases. Good luck and good work. Whatever. Um, enjoy your week, guys. And let's uh, see what you guys come up with. Remember to type into teams what you think the uh, blood alcohol concentration of that guy on the RBT clip was as well. All right, guys, enjoy your week. Oh, thank you.